Hi, everybody. This is Jose Palomino, founder of Value Prop, and your host today on Business Growth on Purpose. And our guest is Jacob Salem. And Jacob is the founder and CEO of EasyMetrics.com. And his focus is on digital marketing that is measurable to help grow businesses. So we're going to have a great conversation with Jacob going over some the four key fundamentals of building a digital marketing plan to help grow your business on purpose. So listen closely as Jacob joins us right now. Well, welcome, Jacob, to Business Growth on Purpose. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Well, Jacob, for our audience, if you could just give us a little context as to what you do and who you do it for. Yeah, well, I'm a serial entrepreneur like most people. I've built and sold multiple companies over the last nine years. Uh, But the main thing, the bread and butter, if you will, is a full-scale digital marketing agency where we help business owners get more clients using digital marketing as an overarching theme. And we do that through courses, coaching, and done-for-you services. Wow. So digital marketing, I mean, that's in some ways, there's a, there's a thought that, you know, that is the the adjective digital is going to go away because it's just marketing and mar- all marketing has to have a digital, a major digital component. Right. Yeah, of course. So but but yet it is it is an area that is still, I think, for a lot of smaller organizations. And when I say smaller sub enterprise. Right. So, you know, your 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 50 person company, that kind of thing in, in, in B2B, especially it's still a bit of a dark art. They may have hired an SEO firm. They may have, oh yeah, we used to do AdWords and we we revised our website, I think it was five years ago. And, you know, so that's their handle on that. So so let's start with like the basics, like somebody in that scenario, what what should be some of the first things they think about if they're looking at, I think this is a year to make some investments in our marketing to, you know, what's the benefit even of doing that? Am I really going to get more business from doing that? That, that? Those are the questions in their mind. Yeah, well, I love I love how you prefaced how the word digital could almost just go away, right? And so at Easy Metrics, what we do is we literally practice the exact same marketing strategies they did 100 years ago. We just use those same strategies, but turn them digital, right? And the cool thing uh, about that is, right, with digital marketing, everything is measurable and everything is is scalable, right? And so the reason why we we coined the name of the company Easy Metrics was that that phrase there. It can be measured, right? So whether your ads are working or whether they, they aren't working, you can know that inside of a week, right? It's not like mailing a flyer. When you mail a flyer, you just hope that the person took an action. But now using the powers of digital marketing, you can actually even measure your print mail. You can measure the results of that using digital uh, means. But but either way, let me back up to the question, right? You can measure everything, but the, the first thing I would do if I was a business owner, right? A, a fresh business owner wasn't really versed in the word digital marketing, and I wanted to begin investing in digital marketing. The first thing I would do would, would be to start researching the digital marketing platforms that are out there, right? The mainstream ones, LinkedIn, YouTube, Google, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, of course, all these, these mainstream platforms, and then identify where my customer avatar is hanging out. Every single business and every single industry is different. And so your your B2B business owners are typically on LinkedIn. Your your younger generation is on Instagram. Even younger than that is hanging out on TikTok. Um, Are you a search-based business, right? Are you the type of business where somebody's going to go to Google to search for your problem? Like, hey, I need a new roof or do I need a certain product? 
So then you may want to be on Google or Google My Business. So I would first and foremost do some sweat equity research or talk to an expert to find out where is my customer avatar hanging out. Under you, if you're a business owner, you should know who your customer is more than anybody else, right? That's that's for you to know. And so as long as you have that customer profile dialed in, if you don't have that dialed in, do that. If you don't know who your customer is, is it you know a forty year old male that has three kids and a wife and you know a minivan? Who who is your customer avatar? And then figure out where they're hanging out, then start creating and learning how to optimize that platform so you can reach them and get in front of them. Well, it's interesting because even the term, for example, customer avatar, right? So, uh, you know, term of art in, in marketing terms. Yeah. So basically saying who's who's your most likely or your most desired customer that you're trying to reach, right? Yeah. Uh, in a lot of B2B categories, that's more of a title than a demographic, right? So like, you know, who's the you know, lead engineer, if I'm selling manufacturing services, that lead engineer could be a 60 year old suburban, you know, blah, 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 grandfather, all the way through a 34 year old, you know, just got their master's degree in engineering and so on. So how do I, how do I narrow that as a practical matter? Because I think targeting seems to be like where you got to start before you, because you can spend a lot of money on a lot of things. If they're aimed at the wrong target, it's not that helpful. Yeah, well, you you actually, if we're going to go on that example, and I love that example, two things popped into my head immediately, lead engineer or engineer in general, two platforms pop into my mind. I will always lean back to Facebook. I got a million followers on Facebook. I spend tons and tons of money on Facebook. So like, it's kind of like if you have a hammer, you're going to look for a nail, right? right. So that's kind of, so I'm really, really biased there. So anybody listening, read between the, the lines there. But on Facebook and on LinkedIn, those two platforms for, for this example, you can actually target lead engineer or engineer or engineering degree um, in your your paid advertising. And so if you need to get in front of lead engineer, although we don't know whether that's male, female, or whether that's 50 years old or 30 years old, we can still target that job title on both of those platforms. So now you can get directly in front of those people um, using either ads manager or using um, sales navigator inside of LinkedIn. You can get directly in front of that person. And yes, as long as you know who that person is, these platforms will help you get there. Wow. So, so, okay. So now, now I'm looking at, again, uh, you know, the, the, the company I described, the theoretical company, right. It's not that they're in the stone age, they've put money into marketing, they've done trade shows, right. They've done this. So when they look at their annual budget, they're spending a hundred grand on marketing things, but they're not really seeing a return for that. Yeah. So now they're listening to this and it's digital marketing, which is really marketing. And it's about your customer avatar, right? So I think a lot of people might be just saying, okay, and, and doing some basic research, like you said, sweat equity research. I love that. You don't have to pay for that, right? Figure right. that out. Figure out where the people you want to connect with, where are they? Yep. So what's next? Like, what do I do? I redo my website? Do I redo my social pages? Do I hire a bunch of agencies? What What am I supposed to do next? Yeah, I love that. So it's it's thinking back, right? Let's go back to Stone Ages. What if you're a business owner and you're having this conversation and you're ready to invest in marketing and say you even are as far as of having a marketing budget, let's go back to the Stone Ages. What, what attracted your previous customers? What did that conversation look like? What did the print material look like? We want to take that and turn that digital. What was already working? We don't want to reinvent the wheel. So for me, I use a four-cylinder system and I could go on a whole tangent about a four-cylinder system and I have a whole keynote about it and may, maybe we'll dive into it a little bit later. But in short, we use a four-step marketing system, a four-cylinder marketing system, if you will. And 
the reason I say that is because when I got out of college, I had a 1993 Geo Prism, right? And it was a four, four cylinder. <laughs> what I knew about that four cylinder is it was pretty slow, but when the, you know, the oil was topped off, the gas tank was full and everything was firing, all four cylinders were firing. That was one of the most economical vehicles I've ever had in my entire life and dependable. And that's what a marketing system, a digital marketing system could do for you guys. And so really it's, it's four cylinders. So social proof, that first thing we already talked about, and you, I say this in chronological order too, right? You have to do step one, cylinder one to step two, to step three, to step four, will give you an overall encompassing marketing system that you can walk away from this podcast today and implement it, right? So that first step is social proof. We, we already talked about it, right? We already talked about figuring out what platform your customer avatar is on and then spending your efforts and your money there. Um, unless you have a massive budget, then of course be omnipresent right. beyond every digital marketing platform right. and let's just assume um, let's assume not. Right. So if you <laughs> if you really need to measure results, so you build that social proof and that credibility, you create your business profile there, you start posting daily content there so you can get out there and reach people for free. From there, you want to drive people somewhere, right? Social media marketing and digital marketing are two completely separate things. When we're leveraging LinkedIn or Facebook, as we're talking about on this podcast, that's social media marketing those platforms right it's it's their platform it's their ball field if you will or it's their basketball court if you will and at any moment they can take their ball and go home right they can change the rules they post the rules outside and if they say that you break the rules or they change the rules while you're playing the game they can kick you out so we want to remove people from social media and we want to bring them into digital marketing how we do that is by creating offers right lead magnets which could be a free resource a free consultation a discount code a newsletter we want to deliver something of value on social media, present that shiny object on social media, drive them over to our landing page, which would be an opt-in page, or just your formal WordPress website works as long as it's set up correctly. So you're driving people from that platform, that social media platform, to step number two, which is an opt-in. This is something of real value. Landing page, squeeze page, every industry is different. So maybe you can help me think of some lead magnets that the, we might use to get that lead engineer. I don't uh, know. What can I just pause you quickly on that yeah. for a second here, Jacob? So a lead magnet might be like a, a top 10 checklist that they could download, a PDF, or it could be yep. an ebook. It could be a video. It could be a course, right? right? So so I just want to get to, I'm, I'm thinking of that owner who's thinking lead magnet, opt-in, funnels. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know how to do any of those things. Can it yeah. be as simple as a, uh, you know, a one page PDF checklist? Yeah. Yeah. So your white papers, your resource list, um, templates, checklist, mini consultations, free reports, educational videos. It can be any infographics, mm. quizzes, surveys. And, and truthfully, this isn't as um, attractive, but it can even be, hey, sign up to get our, our weekly newsletter right? That's not as attractive as some other things, but it can be that simple. You just want to give away some value. And depending on what you're trying, what problem you're trying to solve from them, you could even just offer that free consultation, right? Okay. Post on social media in front of them. We solve this problem. If you want us to solve this problem for you, go here, right? Gotcha. Okay. Go to, so it can be all of these variables and right. We're just throwing out options. And I love, I love everything we're talking about here. Then after we've now removed them from social media, we got them to our landing page. From that moment, without going too complex, you can now pixel their IP address. You can pixel their user, start retargeting them with ads on all kinds of platforms. But it's really hard to explain the details on that on a podcast, so we're not going to. But just keep in mind, from your landing page, you should have um, Google Tag Manager in place, Facebook pixels in place, so you can start retargeting these people. 
Um, that's uh, just to clarify. So that's uh, when I was looking up uh, 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 an umbrella to buy my wife for Christmas, like a nice portable umbrella. From that point on, for the next three weeks, no matter what page, I, what site I visited, that right. umbrella company, it was a top right. umbrella, was putting the display ad in front of me everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere, right. So we love doing that at Easy Metrics. If you come to my website, I'm going to retarget you for seven days with every testimonial video I got, right? I'm just in front of you. I even retarget with pictures of my kids and my wife because that's <laughs> marketing, right? Man, right. Jesus loves Jesus. He loves his family. He's a <laughs> business owner. I put all these in your face, right? But yes, if you're selling a, a product like an umbrella, you can do it too. So, <laughs> okay. all right. So from there, but now we got the opt-in, right? So somebody went from social media, step one to the opt-in. They gave us, they they liked what we offered. So they gave us their name, their email, their phone number, right? That's what they gave us in exchange of whatever lead magnet we gave them. Step number three in this is leveraging email marketing, right? So um, let's speak Stone Age for a second. So they opted in, right? We're growing our Rolodex, if you will, right? We're, we're now building this Rolodex. We now have their information. Um, every sales seminar I've ever been to on the planet has said, the money's in the list. The money's in the list. You got to grow the list. And you know, you're going to be as successful as the five people you know, right? That type of thing. And it's, it's true. But the way we communicate with that list is really important. So now we have their information. Step number three in this system is we really need to use email marketing to stay in front of them. And this can be automated. You can actually build automated emails to connect with your prospect now, right? They filled out the form. You can send an automated email to give them whatever it is they asked for, right? And then you want to write well-crafted emails that don't just sound like spam emails to nurture that prospect and introduce yourself, just like you would if you only had one person to talk to. How would you communicate with that person on a regular basis to stay in front of them? So you want to think now, I got to hold you one, one step there, Jacob, yeah, because uh, because I could see I'm, I'm trying to channel my, my 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 avatar, my audience. Right. So this business owner leader in a B2B category, sub enterprise, so a small to mid market. And they say, OK, you got to create well-crafted emails, a series of them. Right. Yep. Like you lost me there at that point, because I'm thinking I'm not a writer. Yeah, uh, I'm not a professional writer. And then. You also lost me when some people say, well, I've tried that before. And then the people, they, they, they give me this kid right out of college to write for me. Yeah. I'm in a very technical category. And it sounds like it's stuff that would be embarrassing to send out. So yeah. how do you solve that noodle? Well, the, the long and short of it is the business owner listening to this today is still the expert. Copywriters can only go so far. We have copywriters on our team and they're amazing, but we still heavily depend uh, on the Stone Age, we depend on the business owner to communicate with the, with us how they've communicated effectively with their prospects and their customers in the past. And then we take that information. And so the to not make this super sexy, unfortunately, it does take some time to sit down and think through what does this look like for my business, right? Do I need to send an email every single day? Do I need to send an email once a week? Do I need to send an email once a month? Now, I have templates, tips, resources, swipe copy people can use. And to answer your question based off of the, the industries we're going after, when somebody opts in for something, the first thing you need to send them is whatever you just promised them, right? And it needs to be immediate. So that email is super, super simple. You just signed up for these 10 tips. Here's the 10 tips. You signed up for a free consultation, immediately send them. This is how you book your consultation. That one you have to do no matter what, it's the easiest thing for me to answer. And in that email, irregardless of your business or industry, 
it, don't don't try to sell them anything. Don't try to tell them your backstory. Don't try to do anything except give them what they just asked for because that's all they care about and all they want. Then for the business and industry we're talking about here, the B2B, you wait two days. You probably wait two days. You don't send them anything because you don't want to spam them. And then you just send a simple introduction. Hey, contact first name. Two days ago, you signed up for X, Y, and Z. I just wanted to reach out and see if you had a chance to look at it yet. Signed, right? It's kind of a little bit of a question, kind of an introduction. Maybe wait another couple of days because you don't, in your type of industry, you don't need to email every day. I email my list every day, twice a day. I'm like Russell Brunson, Dan Kennedy, sure. all these, you know, whoever, right? I'm, uh, I generate thousands and thousands of leads. And so I'm staying in front of you because I'm one of those pitch marketers, if you will, right? But that's my industry. So then you probably wait another two days, right? Another two days, maybe, maybe even longer, maybe three days. Then you start to introduce yourself in your business. Hey, my name is Jacob Salem. I'm the, the founder and CEO of Easy Metrics. Four days ago, you signed up for X, Y, and Z. And I just wanted to reach out and personally introduce myself to see if we could serve you or help solve any problems for you. I might even add a picture of me and my team. We started our business to do X, Y, and Z. So we serve people just like you to qualify, you know, you kind of write about that. So some of these things can be templated. But the business owner still has to sit down and think through what have I done in the past and how can I automate it? And, and what and what has resonated with people before. Right. But what's interesting about that, because I often start my strategic planning process by asking people about their ideal customer. Yeah. And what's really fascinating is it's it's a lot harder question to answer than than you might think it should be, mm -hmm. um, because. They say, well, it's this kind of industry, but it's also this one and it's this one. Yeah. And so I've, I've actually started using this phrase. I say, OK, today you get to walk into the customer store and there's shelves and shelves of customers. Which ones do you want? Yeah, uh, because they know they may serve five, six, ten different types of customers. But there's one or two that they they know they make more money with. They enjoy more. Whatever the reasons are, it may not even be their biggest customer, right. but it's the one they wish they could clone. Right. So it's, yeah. it's that kind of idea. So I love the four steps. And, you know, one thing you mentioned, uh, the prism, yep. right? At, you know, it, what came to mind mentally, the four cylinder prism, I'm visualizing that, but it may take you a while to get to 60 miles per hour to highway speed. But once you're there, you're as fast as the Porsche next to you doing 60 miles an hour. Right. It, it doesn't change. Yeah. So I love yeah. the simplicity of it. Yeah. So daily content through social kind of to get people's attention yep. and opt in to get them onto your list. Yep. Retargeting to make sure that their their displayed yep. interest towards you is magnified. Yep. And then email marketing as a critical part of staying in touch with them. That's right. Starting with the integrity of I'm giving you what you asked for. First step. Right. Yeah. So then there's still a four step. So I, I rabbit trailed off a little bit about that retargeting. OK. Uh, is that part two, part of step two? Yeah. So once somebody gets a step two, now you can, can retarget. So that's why I said gotcha. that step four. So the, the last four cylinder is then paid ads, right? So that last gotcha. step is paid ads. And I say it last. So like people come to me and they're like, Jake, you really spend a million dollars a month on Facebook on behalf of your clients. And the answer is yes, we do, but we can't, we can't start running paid ads until we already have great social proof, great offers to a great lead magnet, great opt-in, great email marketing. So we know what our sales process looks like. Then we start running paid ads. So the fourth step in the cylinder is that's where you run paid ads, whether it be mail or then you can run when you have this system in place, you can run paid ads on every platform, assuming you can target your ideal customer using that software. Right. Um, 
but then then we run paid ads and that's truly how we build all the that's how i got that thing behind me if anybody uh is watching is familiar with click funnels that says i got a million dollars through one one funnel um and it was literally that funnel ad opt-in email marketing and then sell something and um we've wow. had a whole lot of fun doing it so one thing you have not mentioned jacob and i'm just curious um because you 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 hear it in the in the same conversation around digital marketing all the time, web marketing, et cetera, which is SEO. Yeah. So, so where does SEO fit into this? Because that's yeah. like the black art that a lot of people talk about it. And you always wonder like, is it really doing anything for me? You know, does it really matter? I'm in a niche category. I sell, yeah. I sell wrenches to work on certain kind of refrigeration equipment to small market. Is SEO going to make a difference for me? Yeah. So um, I want to preface my statement by saying I am a paid traffic expert, quote unquote, use that word lightly, but spend a lot of money on paid traffic. And so I'm, I'm really biased. SEO um, is not what it was years ago, uh, but I am not an SEO expert. So as far as SEO goes, when we have we have a WordPress website, we have clients that have WordPress websites, and you do need to make sure that your websites are set up accordingly, right? That you have your, your headings set up correctly, your H1s, your H2s, your descriptions. And we use a software called Yoast SEO. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a plugin for these websites that actually monitors and checks to make sure that what we're writing is there. So you want to make sure that you organically show up on search engines, right? So you want to make sure when you're building a website um, that you are actually following good SEO practices because it does make a difference, especially if you're not using um, if you're not using paid advertising and if you're a search-based business. SEO really only matters if you're a search-based business. And what I mean by that is, is somebody physically going to open up their computer or their phone or their iPad or whatever they got? And are they going to actually go search a keyword that is relative to you, your business, the, your industry, or the problem you solve? If they are going to do that, you do want to make sure you have an SEO-friendly website so that way you pop up above your competitors without running paid advertising. Right. Okay. But it seems to me that paid advertising is a way to shorten the learning curve as to what people might be looking for. Yeah, I'm overly biased to this answer. Yeah, I, I don't even care about SEO. Actually, ClickFunnels, that award behind me, ClickFunnels, right. all these softwares do similar things. ClickFunnels software, ClickFunnels 1.0, um, and I'm not endorsing them or not endorsing them. I use them. They don't even have SEO-friendly websites. Like their funnels aren't even SEO-friendly. Um, like a WordPress website. That's why ClickFunnels now just launched ClickFunnels 2.0 because they're trying to make ClickFunnels, whether your listeners are familiar or not, um, they're trying to make something that's SEO friendly. But I got that award without using any SEO, but I'm overly biased to pay traffic. I can I can truly measure $1 in, $2 out. We have one of our clients as a featured client. For every $1 we put in, we get $42 back. So like, why would I, I don't care about SEO. Okay. Um, but- but like my oh, roofing yeah. contractors, roofing, sorry to interrupt, my roofing contractors yeah. and things like that, they care about SEO and they need it because if I need a roof, I'm going to go Google free roof estimate right. and you want to pop up. So it's all based off industry. Right. So if you're very, I love the phrase, if you're a search based industry, yeah. it has greater value. If there's not a lot of searches for you and people, there are ways to, to find what people are looking for on Google and that's free yep. and so on. So you, you can certainly do that. Wow, Jacob, look, this is a, it's like, how long is a piece of string? We can keep going, but this is great. This has been great. So Jacob, if somebody listening to this wanted to know more about you and your work, uh, where would they go? 
Yeah, you can literally Google Jacob Salem and I pop up everywhere, but jacobsalem.com redirects you right where you need to be, where you can see all of our offers, what we got going on in our world, and even link back to social profiles. I'd love to connect with anybody who might have questions about digital marketing. Fantastic. Jacob Salem, thank you so much for stopping by Business Growth on Purpose. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose. If you like the show, hit subscribe and leave us a review to help other people find the podcast. And if you're ready to take the next step in driving intentional growth for your business, come check out what we're doing at valueprop.com. We've developed industry-leading programs and systems to help B2B owners take control of their growth. Until then, thanks for listening to another episode of Business Growth on Purpose.